I wish you'd got a bit closer to him because that picture you sent in the WhatsApp group was, I'm sure it had a Talk GC towel on it. No, nah, it, it was Top Golf. It was Top Golf. Oh, was it? Top Golf. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. we had some breaking news out. I thought Hannah yeah, was breaking no. some news that Eric Van Roy so was I thought I replied and was like, that's definitely Top Golf. Um, I was hoping Callaway, it was Talk United. But... Nah. There you go. There you go. Right. Stop the presses. Well, actually, no, carry on the presses because uh, Eric Van Royen is at the moment not joining Live Golf. Anyway, I tell you, who is though. Well, I mean, let's let's save it. Let's save it. Don't don't break it right at the top. Let's save that chat. Let's not go straight. Let's not go straight into the juicy stuff. We got to ease people in with the with the boring stuff first. So tell us about your weekend, George. (laughs) Well, I wasn't. You know, I didn't actually do much. I watched a bit of Live. Um, I didn't play any golf. I had a week off, weekend off even. Um, in fact, I need some lessons, if anything. So the golf is on hold at the minute. Um, other than that, I went to London. Quite fun. Caught up some with some lessons, buddies. Some lessons after getting torn apart by... Right, just remember, you're not allowed to talk about the reasons why you were there, but you went to the uh, Ryder Cup course at Marco Simone in Rome. I did, yeah. How was the course? Tell us about the golf course. Yeah, the course was good. I mean, it was pretty brutal, which was more probably a reflection of my golf than how difficult the course was. Um, I mean, it's good. Like, there was a few really good holes. Other than that, it was kind of, um, I don't know, maybe I was expecting a a little more. Um, There was probably about eight or nine holes that were just, like, completely blind. And I think, like, when you're playing a course like that and you, you have high expectations, it's always nice to see the holes, like, sort of, play out and a lot of them are blind which a made it difficult and b just i don't know made it a bit underwhelming um the greens are absolutely don't go and, don't go and play golf don't play don't go and play links golf in cornwall you'd be very disappointed yeah nothing but blind um, shots like golf's difficult enough as it is why what can we at least see the hole um but no the greens are re- really good um like really slopey and sort of undulated which was a real test um They've they've changed the layout from what I gather and like now the last three holes were like they used to be in the middle and now they're the last three and they're like it's like a drivable par four a really good like quirky par three which I somehow managed to get up and down on actually I was actually level par for the par threes there was four of them which was not that it means anything but that was a that was a high point and then it's like a really good uh, par five to finish with a load of water so it's going to be a lot of drama next year I'm sure just with those last three holes alone like especially in sort of the singles if it comes down to there's some tight matches finishing it's going to be really interesting to see the last three holes so um yeah i had a great time course was fun so the, um, so the general feeling about this golf course is it's a bit meh for a for a rider cup so the, the cooper bit, yeah. the cooper report is actually they've done some cool changes to it and actually it should be quite fun well it'll be quite fun yeah especially from a spectator's uh point of view um yeah, a lot, a lot of people were saying, like, oh, even even a lot of people I played with were like, oh, like, was there any actually good holes on that course? And a bit harsh, but I think it'll be fun to watch. Like, it's, you can tell it's just a stadium course and it's just set up for the tournament golf. And like I say, especially the last few holes are just set up for drama. Um, it's also brutal. Like, if you miss the rough, the ball's like lost, which I found that harsh reality. I think I played the first hole, just missed the rough on the right. I was like, oh, I'll be all right. Don't need to play. Uh, three off the tee, got down there, no sign of the ball. Second hole, 
deja vu, did the same. And I was like, oh, I must just got lucky on the first. Get down there, ball loss. So I spent the first two holes just holding the flag on the on the green because I hadn't completed the hole. <laughs> I was like, is this going to be my experience of playing the Ryder Cup course? Is this what it's going to be like? Oh, we've um, all been there, mate. We've all been there. Yeah. But eventually course, I managed, managed to finish some holes. So it was good. You were there because Hannah couldn't make it because she was walking her dog on the old course like you do. Uh, so, Hannah, for those people that don't know, they close the course three weeks before the tournament starts. How long has it been closed for? I think it was a month. But it's real bizarre because no one can play golf, but then there's like kids playing football in the middle exactly, of the Exactly, you can go and do anything else you want <laughs> on it except play golf. I find that well, fascinating. You could, you could kind of tell which day people were coming for practice rounds because they'd put the pins back in. Yeah, um, okay. Never on the 18th because apparently people nick the pin if they put it in on the 18th. I'm right, um, so. But yeah, it's weird because you'd think more of it would be roped off and like you couldn't get in, but you can literally just walk the whole course if you want. It was particular for, fun because Eric Van Royen was playing um, with Garrick Higger and literally this big group of Americans rock up and walk straight across them and like, who are you guys? Like, oh, oh my god. Very <laughs> <laughs> cringe. They but recognized yeah. Hannah Holden from YouTube, but they didn't recognize Eric Van Horen. <laughs> so a lot, not a lot of people actually know this that the old course is closed every Sunday and it is just but it essentially becomes a public park where you can do anything on it that you want apart from play golf. Um so you can walk your dog, you as Hannah said, you can play football, you can play frisbee, you can do whatever you want. Just don't even think about hitting a golf shot. And that's kind of <clears throat> I think that's what surprises me the most is that you can that they close it, the whatever we're saying, three weeks, four weeks before the open week. But you can still go and do all that. I find that absolutely fascinating. You think they just want to I was like, expecting a lot more off. of it to be Yeah, I was expecting a lot more of it to be barriered off. Like you could literally just go anywhere. You go and sit in the stands. You're allowed up in the stands. There was, no, the stands are like barriered off, so you can't oh. get in them presumably for health and safety reasons. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, I thought it would be quite funny if I was just following random groups around. There's just me stood in the stands like, yeah, good shot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I couldn't get on to them. There was, Moby um, enjoyed himself. He did. Didn't steal anyone's golf ball, which is probably a positive. There was lots of the, um, like, marshals being trained and stuff. Just wandering oh, around. I bet they were loving groups. it, weren't they? bet they were loving it. That's the biggest a lot training of that, actually, isn't it? They're actually staff from St Andrews Links, which makes sense because they yeah. know like the course and stuff. Because I remember when we were at the Ryder Cup in France and like it was just carnage because loads of the volunteers were clearly not golfers and had no idea what was going on. So yeah, it's a very interesting story, that isn't it? We should we should maybe shadow one of those guys. I mean, I I think I did it. Um, one of my colleagues, sorry, did it years ago with um shadowing uh like a ball boy for Wimbledon in the weeks running up to the tournament and it's like the the stuff they have to go through is absolutely crazy I, I said that recently like you, you should do a day in the life of, of a marshal at one of these tournaments like I'm sure you get some great content like they absolutely love it like some unbelievable stories to be told isn't there yeah there really is um good anyway should we, should we talk about the weekend's golf live mm. golf is back uh, let's put some music here
that's the thing now, is it? <laughs> I'm 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 gonna push my jingle at one point, by the way, on this show. I think you that's have sing, that's next in the works. No, no, no. It'll be it'll be at full production. Um but yeah, li- right, li- George, because Hannah was um gallivanting around St Andrews, can you please just give us a little fill us in on the tournament? Not necessarily the stuff going on around the tournament, just the, what actually happened in the tournament itself because there's been a lot going on with Liv this week, and a lot of it was off the course, and we'll get to that. But what actually happened on the course, please? Well, I've put, for one, the golf was of a lot better standard than the first event. I will say that. It looked like Carlos Ortiz was going to, was destined to win. Um, he was sort of te- nine, ten under par going, going into the final day. And then Brandon Grace played some really good golf, um, came from behind, ended up winning by two. Um, and get got another nice paycheck. I mean, he played really well in the in the first event, um, and I guess he he was one of the players that probably joined Liv with some momentum and some form behind him, which you might not be able to say about quite a lot of the field. Um, and yeah, he played some really good golf, one by two. Um, so it became a bit of a shootout between those two in the end. Um, you had sort of the likes of DJ Bryson. We're not not too far. I think DJ finished third. Bryson was sixth. What um, hole did um, Grace finish on? Because this was one of the things we said about uh, Centurion. We were saying, well, OK, it was fine here because Schwartzel won and he finished on 18. So the crowd was round 18. But where did Grace finish? Did he finish? They had, it, they had the same again. Like it was all perfect for them. Oh, he um, was in the final group, was he? Yeah. So they they because I mean, they they have obviously it's groups of three. So the chances are, I think with that set up that you're going to get more winners on the 18th. And, but I mean, it is going to happen, obviously, eventually. And I am quite curious to see how that does play out when it does but um yeah the minute they've to be honest the first two tournaments couldn't have gone better in terms of that for them like they've had winners in the last group fairly high profile figures uh some of the big names still up there uh yeah i mean the the actual standard of golf was was much better than at centurion from what i saw i mean i watched just because they had the Thursday. better players in the field or i think so yeah um i think the course was playing easier than centurion uh, which was reflected in the scores. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was, I quite enjoyed watching it. I'm not going to lie. What I saw. Hannah, Hannah I just want to ask you because I just, I mean, what I'm interested in is because you are someone who watches a lot of golf. Like we all watch a lot of golf. Um, now, I, George is like, this is golf. I like it. I'm sort of thinking doesn't really do anything for me. The whole, um, and it's not a moral thing. I just it, like watching when they're chatting about all the money they're winning that doesn't really do anything for me perhaps that's a separate discussion but I just I it, for me it just feels like watching a pre-season friendly in football I'm just a bit like no it doesn't really get me going and all the the commentators can shout about how many millions they're earning as much as they want but you know mega rich guys getting slightly richer is uh, not really what I watch golf for so uh, just interested to get your take on that Hannah. I think it's weird like obviously I was on holiday last week but like I still knew what happened on like the LET and the PGA tour on the European tour etc etc I did not watch a single thing of live I didn't try to see what had happened like I had no interest in it literally like someone had to be like oh did you see Brandon Grace won today and I was like no but is that but is that because you're because of uh, moral standing or just because it's just like, like me just doesn't really do anything for you I just don't, I'm not really interested in it. I don't know if it's just because it's like a different format or what. I just, I don't really see the appeal. If I'm watching golf, I want to watch like the best. 
field as well. I think I'm just, just, I'm still, I'm still looking at it with a bit of curiosity. I thought it might have worn off, but I'm still just like, this is, <laughs> this is quite hilarious. Like it's, it's, it's hilarious. But then there's like, there was still some good golf to be watched. Like I was like, and sort of the combination of the two, I was like, yeah, I mean, this is, it's free, wasn't it, to watch? Um, and I just, I just keep watching it. Like you don't know what's going to happen or what ridiculous comments going to be said or, um, for me, it still it does has feel that a bit of... like a pantomime of golf. Doesn't yeah, it? I don't like. I say I'm not watching it. Cause I, I know it's not got the best field and and whatnot, and it's like I don't care who wins. But at the same time, it's just at that minute, in the minute, it's still got that. Like, I'm still just curious to see how it plays out. So I think it's weird because like I watch so much golf. Like even if I didn't do this job, I would. But it just draws no interest to me to sit and watch live. Alex, you didn't catch any of it. Sorry, I, I, the irony there being is that I didn't catch hardly anything you just said in the last two minutes because my wow. internet connection dropped out when I lost you for a bit. I thought we were boring you. <laughs> that would have been. <laughs> I thought you were about to say, I didn't catch anything you said for the last two minutes. I zoned out. Like, oh, right. I zoned out because it was so boring. Um, no, I, I mean, like, this is what I mean. Like, it's for me. Like brand, you may have just said this in the last two minutes, and I pro- apologise. But you look at um, Maya Stark winning in the um, LET, and you look at um, was it Adrian Mar- is it Maronk? Is that how you say it? Maronk? How yeah. are you saying his name? Mm-hmm. Winning the European Tour, you know, the first Polish player to win on the European Tour, sorry, DP World Tour, and you look at what it means to them. Um, Poston winning the PGA Tour, you know that. And then, and then you look at Brandon Grace and, the, and then obviously he comes out and says like, oh, this is the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. Yeah, well, of course it is, mate. You've just like doubled your career earnings in like one week or whatever. It's just like people shouldn't be driven by money like that. I think it just sort of we, we seem to have created this society where and I'm not talking about recently, like this has obviously been going on for many, many decades, but we seem to have especially in golf we seem to have created this thing where everything has to be driven by money um and i think that's just a huge shame really because it should be about wanting to win the the, the, the tournaments and the prestige and winning the majors and, and and competing on that front and you know look we've talked about this before this is nothing new the team thing still doesn't do anything for me i think that's probably a nice place to go into that um absolutely hilarious <laughs> comment by uh taylor gooch Hannah, if you didn't see it, he said, I, I, I'm just going to paraphrase, but he said, I, I've never played in a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup, but I imagine this like this is what it feels like. This is pretty close. And even Patrick Reed and um, and uh, DJ, who were on his team and in part of this same post round interview, were just like, like DJ had to look away because he was smirking. <laughs> you know, it's bad when, you know, it's bad yeah. when, when DJ thinks you've said anyone. something stupid. <laughs> like you definitely said something really stupid if DJ is actually nursed. But he like he said that. Do you think he really believed that? Do you think he actually he said was, that? Or... I mean, I think we disagree on this, but he was just trolling, a hundred percent. The whole, all of those lot, the whole week were just they they've just they morphed into the villains that everyone think they are, and they're 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 rolling with it now. And I don't know, it's quite funny, but I, he's just trolling. To be fair, like he's he's never played in the Ryder Cup. He's He's ditched the PGA Tour now, and it's just like it's just a little jibe. I think I think he's just trying. They're really playing up to these characters that everyone's perceiving them as. But sure, um, sorry, just on the flip side of that, just to interrupt, if he if he is trolling and he is joking about that, then surely yeah. you know 
Greg Norman and all those uh, his the people paying him all these millions aren't going to be happy that he's saying that sort of thing because really it's detrimental to live by saying that. Yeah, I, mean, but I don't. I don't think. Look, Taylor Gooch isn't going to listen to this, so I'm probably not going to get sued. But <laughs> he isn't the smartest guy on the planet. He's like, yeah, he's not, he doesn't come across like that at all. Like he just sort of seems to the stupid things he says, and I, I, obviously some quite unpleasant things that he's written in the past on uh, Twitter came to light after that. So he's obviously not very bright. He's obviously not a very nice person, judging by what he's written on on social media. But if he's saying that, Perez. I mean, they're all doing it. Reed said oh, it was the greatest thing I've ever been a part of. Perez said the greatest thing I've done in golf. Brandon Gray said something like, um, I'm no Tiger Woods, but this is as close as I'm going to get or oh. something like that. I mean, these guys don't believe it, surely. No, and that's what I'm saying. It's all a bit tongue in cheek, isn't it? I think they can't believe any of that. It's just that's what I'm saying. Is they're, they're just like playing up to it now. They've really everyone calls them the live rebels and they've like. They're like, yeah, okay, let's be the living rebels. <laughs> you know if I, mean? I gave if I gave you a hundred quid and went right, you, when you, next time you're on the podcast, you've got to start go wanging on about this, the greatest podcast you've ever been a part of, and you just love it, and no other golf podcast comes close to this one, you'd probably just do it, wouldn't you? So it just sort of feels yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, there was some some of the interviews this week were just yeah, but well, I'm, we but you're the... watching it like I I, I never watch. I'll never watch like a pre, maybe for the majors, but I'll never, it'll ne- I'll never watch like the pre-tournament presses for like the PJ Tour or the DP, and I'll never hear of anything that's said. Whereas this, I mean, you said it in sort of the piece you wrote, like you were sort of glued to what was what was happening. And I even had friends that don't like golf or follow golf really, and even they'd seen some of the comments from this live stuff, like, oh, what was going on here? Like, did you see that guy that said this? And I was like, what? Even you saw that? So. Perhaps it is achieving it is achieving what they want, isn't it? Well, look, 90s uh, reference alert for you young'uns, but there's a really good joke in The Simpsons where Homer Simpson's colleagues are standing behind him and going, watch out, guys, he's about to do something really stupid. And it's that's how those live press conferences feel to me. Like, it's just like, I've got to watch them because someone is going to do something stupid. <laughs> and they did. Pat Perez came out and Pat Perez is like laying into the PGA Tour. It's like, dude, you've had like, I mean, look, I, I quite like Pat Perez. I, I like his honesty. I like he, he's generally quite funny. Um, but to come out and say, like to come out and lay into the PGA Tour, which is the, the, the company that has essentially made you richer than you could ever imagine for what is largely a mediocre career felt like a bit of a, a dick move, really. Yeah. Someone tagged me in a tweet yesterday saying that apparently they're thinking of starting a women's live next year and basically it'll have the same format, the same purses and crossover events with the men and women playing together. Okay, so how do you feel about that? I really don't know. Obviously, the women's game is like so underfunded compared to the men's. So like on that front, it's kind of nice that they're actually going to offer potentially offer up the same money but then at the same time it's kind of a bit shit because most of the women can't turn that down can they like if you're an let player who's making like 30 grand before your expenses like you don't really have the ethical choice of do i take this money or not is that who they're going to go after though or are they going to go after people who are already pretty rich like the lexi thompsons of the world well it depends who they can get doesn't it i think women are more in general, a bit outspoken on this stuff because it feels like human rights of Saudi is more like on women. So I feel like people are more conscious of it than 
on the men's tours. But then again, you have quite a lot of women who are already sponsored by Golf Saudi. So what's the difference, really? Yeah, it's a, it's a really tricky subject. And we did get into it a little bit last week. But it's yeah, it, feel, it feels to me like if you are, you're absolutely right. Like if you if you don't have a choice in the matter and you, and you sort of you do want this perfect world, don't you? You do sort of think, well, why can't we just have this world where the, the female players get paid? Um, not necessarily the same as what the PJ tours are paying the men, but paying them enough and, and certainly the LET paying them enough to actually survive and so they don't have to have second jobs I mean they are professionals this is their career they shouldn't have to have second jobs it really is as simple as that well there's lots of people in my twitter mentions that tell me apparently people don't have the right to uh, be professional golfers so they should just uh, be better if they want to earn a living apparently that's logic. such a ludicrous logic isn't it like if if, if you're a bricklayer that is your living and you do it full time. And, you know, I'm just choosing bricklayer because it was just the first thing that came to my head. Like it could be any career. But, you know, if, if you're a professional in that career, you should be able to earn enough money that you don't have to then go and get a second job in order just to survive. I think it's weird. Like, obviously, this is just a random source. and I don't really understand how all these sources seem to get the stuff early. But like, if you were live, wouldn't you have done this first? Because it's so much easier to like, one, I feel like it would be easier to get players. And two, like people wouldn't question it as much just because there's less money in the women's game. So it feels weird to do it the other way around. Like I don't see why they would do men's and then go into women's. It doesn't really make much sense to me. Well, I suspect is their thinking would have been, well, if we get the biggest names in the men's game, like that is the the draw, isn't it? But that's just the way it is. And obviously they've now got their players in the the Shambos and the DJs and the Reeds. Is Reed a draw? Yeah, probably is, isn't he? Certainly in America. Yeah, yeah. Last year's champion. Maybe Reed's just behind this all. He was like, how can I take the American Ryder Cup team down? You see, he's full, he's, full, he's full kitted out in live gear now. Where's the, <laughs> so where's the cap? He's got the, got so the collar sponsor. Yeah. Maybe the Ryder Cup should just become live versus like PGA DP World Tour. That'd be amazing. Imagine that. So to, talking of changes that are happening uh next year it now looks like and this is an unconfirmed report it now looks like live are going to fast forward their plans to revamp and it looks like they're from 2023 there's going to was it 14 events in 2023 and it's going to be the same 48 players so they're going to contract in beforehand presumably before the end of this year they're going to make sure they have 48 players contracted those 48 players are going to play the same 14 events and that's going to and it's going to be more of a league system so how do you feel about that is taylor gooch going to make it into the 48 or is he out not if he keeps taking the mick well after he made that comment he's he's top boy for now so that's why that's why he's making this, <laughs> these comments he wants no i i, I think, think they've it's... got like a go on, go on they've got like a live tour pit like who can get the most social <laughs> It makes sense why they're making they probably so have this unofficial pit which is like no i, I think like... i think the format's better because well, for one, I think once we get our set 48, of course, there's still going to be coming and goings at the end of the season. It could be, oh, who's next? But it's basically just going to it's going to end all that all that speculation and drama that we have at the minute of, you know, they're still trying to fill the roster. And it's like, oh, who is going to be next? But I think once we get that set 48, they're not really going to be able to coexist, but it's going to be OK. Well, Liv have got their thing now and they've got their 48 and then the rest of golf just carries on how it almost usually was and I think then that was that you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there that was the big thing for me when I read that which was right 
they can go and do their thing now. They've got their 48 players and the PGA and the DP World and the other tours can just get on with life and perhaps just not think about it as much. Exactly. And I think it, it just becomes a, almost a, and then everyone's sort of happy again, aren't they, to, to an extent. And I even think the format's a bit better. I guess it's sort of going to be a bit more like F1 style. I guess every event's going to have a certain amount of points, isn't it? It's going to be like a league. <laughs> It'll yeah. make it... A, I still don't get the teams thing and I still don't think you need that if you're just going to have a league but hey ho that's what they're that's what they're going with 14 events what do you still, if you win the league like 100 million or something probably I don't get it because like they're tying themselves to just 48 people and surely the whole thing they love about it is the speculation and stealing players from other tours but then one like they're gonna lose players because they're gonna have people who've like surely they've had more than 48 people who are gonna play this year so then what's going to happen to those people who've played but don't get in the final 48 and then don't have tossed it to sort of the tours? Yeah, but they knew that when they were signing up for it because all these guys, they're essentially just fill-ins until they do get the 48 and that's how it was presented to them. And they're all on like one or two event contracts max. It's not like the big names they've already lured in who are on a set three-year deal already. Like like the guys that played at Centurion who now didn't play at Portland, like they knew the deal, they knew the gig. Like, okay, we're going to give you ton of money for this event and but then you're not going to play next time because we're going to have we're going to bought in someone that we wanted and they're like okay that's fine off off back to the asian tour they go wherever they came but it just seems weird for them like they're limiting their growth because they can only take 48 players and like it seems like norman's pitching it to try and go head to head against like the pga tour and stuff and it just can't do that if it's such a small thing can it because professional golf is bigger than that small amount of people then are you really going to notice 48 people who've disappeared from the pga tour and the dp world tour like there's so many people who can fill that space whereas like if this i thought they were going to say shotgun starts gone full field and then i think you would have had a bigger problem no but they still need that usp don't they that they, that they have i don't think and i think the audience they're catering for probably like that style more 48 players is good they can they can, everyone, you can know all 48 players. If you watch the whole season, you're going to know. Whereas I think you watch, I mean, even like the John Deere this weekend, because it was such a weak field, even I was watching like, who are these guys? And I think they don't want that ever, do they? They want to, every event, someone can tune in and say, oh, it's this guy I watched him last week and they know all the players in there. And even like the people that don't like, that don't necessarily always watch golf, they're like, oh, he's in the fireballs, he's in talk. Which is what they want, isn't it? I don't know how if that has legs, but I think that's what they're going for. Uh, why would you pay all that money to go to an event to see like four, five hours of golf? I just wouldn't do it. Yeah, but it's like I said, I was at when I went to Centurion, people weren't the golf was so secondary. Like honestly, I've never like you know when you go to like the open or whatever and you get there and the fan park's always pretty busy, isn't it? But then come the end of the day, when everyone when it's like especially on the last day, if if it People are battling it out for the win. The fan park's pretty empty. Everyone's back out on the course, right? We left when the leaders were sort of just about to go down 18. And the fan park was busier than when I got there. And no one was watching the golf. Like, people were just there for a day out. The golf was so secondary. Um, and that's what they're that's what they're after. So, Well, that's because Jessie J was about to come on. You know, she's a big draw still, isn't she? Mm. Um, but I think just to, just to touch on what Hannah said there, I... I 
going back a few years now when 2020 cricket became a big thing like obviously test cricket and one day cricket was a thing and you paid your money and you went for two three days or a whole day at a time and now obviously you know we we went to the cricket a few weeks ago at Headingley for um, Yorkshire versus Lancashire and there were thousands and thousands of people there and, and they it's the same logic really isn't it they they show up and they pay their money and they you know have a few beers and they watch cricket for two and a half three hours and then they go home happy and merry exactly so but it's hard for traditionalists like us to get our head around the fact that why would you not if you're going to a golf tournament like because because the three of us have done it for years where we've gone to well since we were children basically where we've gone to the open or the british masters or the bmw pga championship uh, and we've we've gone there we got there nice and early in the morning um you know you know we've got our golf shoes on and we've got our little shorts on and we've got our backpacks on and we get in nice and early and you just walk around the golf course you know and every time you're hungry you splash eight quid for a hot dog or whatever and that's just like and you're there until like the sun's basically going down or the last group walk off 18 because that's how it's infused in our brain so that's how we've just done it so i sort of think there is probably uh well not probably but there is certainly a market for a shorter form of golf didn't notice a lot of kids there from what i saw i don't know if i was just if i'm just using social media to it sort of seemed to be the the, the crowd at pumpkin ridge at portland seemed to be is it pumpkin ridge yeah at portland seemed to be shall we say if i was going to put them in a bracket i would say mid 40s white men yeah but that's probably portland in a nutshell no, uh, <laughs> but what I, I'm saying is there wasn't like if you go to the open, there's thousands and thousands of kids there. It didn't really seem like Portland yeah, was attracting the. It's not really growing the game, is it? It's just a bunch of older dudes getting drunk and shouting at Pat Perez. Someone has excuse to that. I'm going to watch the golf and they're just I getting know. pissed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so weird because I'm on that line where like I feel like there's so many traditions in golf that are like not good and not growing the game but this is like the complete opposite like there is nothing traditional about it but it still doesn't and like on one side of me I'm like that's good like it's gonna bring maybe a different audience to golf like it's shorter form blah 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 but it's just like because of where the money's coming and all that like it just just doesn't feel right yeah and there's always going to be that asterisk on there isn't there uh which is a shame Right, let's get to their new signing. They're, they're getting quite good at this, aren't they? They're just dropping a new signing in while the, as the tournament's about to finish. It's almost as if, like, guys, our golf isn't exciting enough. Our product isn't exciting enough. Whoa. So here's a new player. <laughs> so uh, it's it, not really a surprise. Paul Casey is the the next big no. name signing. He's, uh, no, not at all. He, he says he signed up for Bedminster, which is the next one at the end of July. He hasn't withdrawn yet, so that's promising. When did he actually last play in anything? Pre-WGC. He hasn't played in the major this year, has he? No, he missed all the majors. When did he last play? Has he played this year at all? Did he play in, He usually does the Middle East swing, doesn't he? Did he play in that? Anyway, it doesn't really matter. But I, would, I think that the, the point is, is that this just absolutely was not a surprise. But obviously the big thing is everyone. He didn't play in the initial Saudi international because um, of his relationship with UNICEF. And he actually said, I would be a massive hypocrite if I went and played in it and now here we are three years later and he's he's going to live golf yeah. George is shaking George is shaking his it's head. really poor no I'm just I mean I wrote about it yesterday but it is poor isn't it it really is like I think I said like it's one thing just putting a tweet out with like a 
it's that your manager's written for you saying, I pledge allegiance to the PGA Tour, blah, blah, blah. And then having your head turned by money and joining Liv, like, oh, shocking you turn. Like, not really, is it? But this is actually like something he said ethically that's come from the heart. And he even said, I'll be a hypocrite. And now he's actually gone and turned against. Like, that is actually a true U turn. And it's just really disappointing. In case he's someone I really like, and I've always. He's always been one of my sort of favourite players to watch. And I'll I think, I'll oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I have to interrupt you there. We have to, we have to dig into that. I mean, I don't think anyone on this planet has ever said <laughs> Paul Casey is one of my. I like favorite, Casey. One of my favourite players and someone that I really he like. Is. Explain yourself now. Well, he's English. There's, there's that. We don't have many so good English players. Okay, In my right. lifetime, we haven't had many good English players. He's shown the right. Sorry, for a bit. sorry. When were you born? When were you born? Just to depress. Ninety-eight. People. 98. Okay, so Faldo was. Give me, give me the, give me the pool of English players I could have root for in my life. Justin Rose, major champion. Justin Rose, major champion. Yeah, they're all under the same bracket. Luke Donald was a world number one. one. Justin Rose and Paul Casey are not in the same bracket. Wow. He's world. world, What is he? World 26. He nearly won a few majors. How is he still the world number 26? Yeah, I don't know that. I saw that. I had to. Anyway, Fleetwood, Fitzpatrick. Oh yeah, they're new boys. They're a bit newer, yeah, to her. Porter. This is this anyway, is my anyway, like well, dilemma because I'm disappointed at him. He's someone I liked, and it's just the way he's gone about. He's very poor, and when he popped I'm up dis- on that I'm broadcast, disappointed in you. wow. Yeah, but Phil used to be one of my favourite players. Gave me his golf ball at the Open Hoylick when I was little. Got on a little stand in my room. I'm like, that needs to go. <laughs> have to get a well, ball we... from someone at the Open this year to replace it. <laughs> We did actually touch on this, didn't we, in the, in the, a couple of weeks ago? But we were we were sort of discussing the players that would really disappoint us if we went. And Paul Casey did not come up in that discussion <laughs> at all. You have just thrown this at us. Yeah. There's been some there's oh, been cool. some chat about Tommy Fleetwood recently. Now that would be hard to take, wouldn't he? He's like genuinely one of golf's good guys. Like we're, we're even with Mickelson. Like Mickelson, you sort of think like, yeah, he's a brilliant player, brilliant person. Uh, but there's always, he's always had that edge, Gosh. and you've you've always sort of thought like he could do something that would just really let you down. Uh, but Fleetwood is obviously just like genuinely like Mr. Good Guy. Like I'm, I'm sorry, I should probably just clarify that there's absolutely nothing here that's substantial that it purely is rumor, uh, and we are talking hypothetically, of course. But yeah, if he went, that would be crushing. Well, there's the there's also they... rumors. Sorry, I just want to say there's also rumours which are like, and again, these are purely rumours coming from members of the uh, press. Like you can find all these rumours on Twitter. It's not like we're breaking news here, but there's also chat that Stenson's going to go and as a result, give up the Ryder Cup captaincy. I mean, can you imagine something so <laughs> that utterly not, bonkers? That, uh, I don't know. I feel like it wouldn't surprise me. But he's been like named as one of the people who's going to go for ages. What's well, so actually the, happening with the Ryder Cup, though? Because no one said whether they can or they can't actually play yet, have they? Well, I don't think they'll be able... They, they won't be able, Well, first of all, we have to find out what Stenson's doing. So, apparently, the whole... The, 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 the rumour doing the rounds is... And I think we're OK to talk about this because it is purely rumour and it is widely available on, on the internet. Uh, the, the talk is that Stenson is, going, is, is thinking about giving up the Ryder Cup captaincy so that he can join Liv... And the reason why he took the captaincy at the time, because if you remember, it was shortly after um, Phil Mickelson did his whole their scary mother effers. And uh, the general feeling among the players was that Liv Golf was dead and buried because, for want of a 
better phrase because Phil Mickelson had like pulled essentially pulled the plug on it. Uh, so Sensen took the Ryder Cup captaincy job, thinking that Liv wasn't going to happen. Then of course it did, and he's thinking, well, hang on a second, I was going to be part of this and make millions and millions. Sensen famously has had serious money issues in the past after getting caught again. It's all fact. It's all out there. Um, getting caught up in some uh, was it a Ponzi scheme? He got caught up in. He got caught up in something similar to that, didn't he? So lost basically all of his money and um yeah so uh, he is someone who perhaps might be looking at it and going okay well that is interesting to me I was involved in the initial discussions and now I've taken the Ryder Cup captaincy maybe I can't but I I just look at it and think just take just do the Ryder Cup captaincy and then join live in 2024 like just do that like why would you well, he destroy... might not be strong enough to be in the 48 players by then yeah you... You honestly believe that Greg Norman wouldn't absolutely revel in the fact that he has just taken the most recent Ryder Cup captain over to live. He would, Greg Norman would be rubbing his hands. Yeah, no, Stenson can go whenever he wants. Um, no, but you also not think he wants him now. Like that's part of the draw that he is Ryder Cup captain. Like afterwards, then it's like not yeah, as big that is a very deal. True. Is it? That is very true. Taking the current Ryder Cup captain yeah. and taking him out of the Ryder Cup captaincy would be a bigger move. Yeah, and I'm sure he's going to offer him more now than he would at, at the end of his Ryder Cup tenure, wouldn't he? So there's all that dramatics. Um, obviously, if the Ryder Cup was his summer, no question, he's going to he's going to see it out and do it, and then. But it is still a year away, like that, and it's already. Liv is already progressing so quickly, I think. You know, who knows where it could be in, in, by what? When's the Ryder Cup next? September. September? Yeah, yeah. That's a been? long time. Like, you know, we've already had two events. We've only had two events. We've already seen a lot of change. It really wouldn't surprise me, which is, I mean, who knows? I don't know where these rumours are coming from, like I say. They are obviously all over Twitter and seeing them everywhere, but. Yeah, I mean, that would be uh, just the repercussions. Would just, I mean, golf is already kicking on as it is, but that would just be... Who replaces him as Ryder Cup captain if he goes? There's not many left. I think I think it would be Luke Donald, wouldn't it? If, if it sort of felt like yeah. it came down to Luke and Henrik, for it, they were the last two, really, weren't they? Um, and it was between is those Luke, two. Is Luke a vice already? Good Luke question. Bjorn and Molinari. Maybe it's Keith. Well, that's, that's, that's a good question, isn't it? Would, would the vice captains then all get booted because they because they're the captain like if say for example hypothetically yeah, again Stenson goes to live and Luke Donald comes in and Luke Donald doesn't want Bjorn on his on his team or he doesn't want Molinari on his team like it's, all of Luke's boys are playing in live all of Luke's boys are playing in live already pick anyone else Poulter Westwood who's who else my mate Casey he's gone you not pick anyone. Well, I wonder if Luke Luke Donald's I I maybe I've missed this, but Luke Donald feels like someone who hasn't been part of the live conversation. I mean he's already I feel like Luke Donald's not a dick. Well yeah. He's just low key, isn't he? And I don't think they like low key guys. Like the yeah. key they've got. Um And he's, he's... also he, he, well, he is a nice guy. Obviously, we all know that. And he is. I mean, look, I, I know most of the guys that are in Liv are pretty wealthy, but Luke Donald is like super, super wealthy, isn't he? Like he's never he doesn't need the money. I mean, I'm not saying that the guys that have joined Liv need the money because they absolutely don't. But he is probably someone who's going. He's like Rory, like how much money do you actually need? So maybe that's his. I, I just find it interesting that Luke Donald is someone that hasn't been part of the conversation at all. No, you're right. Yeah. But then he hasn't, what, what conversation, poor Luke, what conversation has been has he been a part of in the last well, years? Well, the Rock and Roll, he's about to be part of the Ryder Cup captaincy conversation, is, yeah. to be believed. Um, again, sorry, again, because he was obviously part of it initially. 
In terms, just just touching back on the the change of format for next year, the the thing that I find absolutely baffling, that all the players are pushing this family line. I mean, it's it's almost like they got annihilated for for pushing this growing the game line. Everyone called them out on it, and now they're just pushing this family line because they're probably thinking you can't criticize someone for saying they want to spend more time with their family. Like you, you just can't do that, and it sort of feels to me like you're you're joining a new a brand new golf tour you're you're constantly chipping on about wanting to have freedom and wanting to be independent contractors and a phrase that absolutely should be banned but you're, you're they're talking about all this but then they're now they're saying well you've got like patrick reed for example said oh, i don't like being away for a month at a time well breaking news mate like next year you're gonna that's gonna happen two or three times because you're going to be jetting off to Thailand and then to Singapore and then to Saudi Arabia to play in these events that you, by the way, independent contractor, you absolutely have to play in. And why are you talking about playing less golf? You're signing up for a brand new golf tour and you're coming in the press conferences for said tour and you're going, I just want to play less golf. Like what is going on? Like, it's mental. It's but also, there's mental. like, what, 14 events apparently next year plus four majors so they're actually playing more golf than they would have been before so i looked and rory and jt i think played and in the last 10 years rory and jt who are just two players i picked because of their um stance on it they played an average of i think it was 23 or it was about a week ago it was 20 it was either 23 or 24 now with this live golf thing you you and, and you get into the majors you're playing 18 events in a season it's not really that much less golf is it and not to mention the fact that you can't just have this like cozying around the us and staying you know you're not going to be playing tournaments down the road you you literally will be jet setting around asia and and stuff like that now i guess they're playing one less rounder every week but oh maybe one more if they've been missing cuts <laughs> oh. <laughs> <That's true. Yeah. laughs> if you've been on a round round if you're someone who's just missed cuts all year, suddenly you're playing. Suddenly you're like, oh my god, this is so much more golf than I've been playing. What? Yeah. Playing on a Saturday? What are you on about? Oh, but I get paid as. Oh, what? I get millions of pounds. Okay, cool. I'll play on a Saturday. Fine. I get Sunday off here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good, good. You can go to St Andrews and uh, kick a ball around. Well, yeah, take the dog for a walk. <laughs> yeah. A load of the players are in this JP. The JP McManus pro am has returned. Let's just move yes, off. Yes, let's move on to that. That was going to be my next. Uh, but they, it sort of feels. Why like does that nice... have like the best field of the year? It's ridiculous. I haven't yeah. seen the strength of field number just yet. I'm sure someone's worked it out, but it's absolutely ludicrous. I mean, I'm just flicking through. So the live players that are playing are Ian Woosnam. No, I'm joking. Uh, McDowell's playing, so he came over. Oh, Casey's showed up. Casey's back's fine now all of a sudden. Luke Donald's actually playing. He's not a live player, obviously. All the... Uh, oh, actually, they haven't teed off yet. I'm being a bit harsh. Porter's there. DeChambeau's there. Cantley, who is rumoured to be going to live. Kepka's there. Really? Well, he. everyone keeps banging on about a top 10 player that's about to make the jump, and everyone sort of decided that it's... I, I don't know if there's any... Uh, any substance behind it but everyone's decided that it's going to be Cantley haven't they Kymers is playoffs with Bryson DJ's there it's ridiculous field yeah apparently all the amateurs in the field were getting free tailor-made clubs according to someone on Twitter but they go to an LET event and do that instead 
the female. I mean, I I always remember that one player who was uh, what was the, the was it she a major and she had to go into the pro shop to buy a new wedge or something because then wedge had snapped and they just didn't have. I can't remember. I've the got story. a story. I've got a story for you there actually. Go on. Go on. Then. Mm, it's a good one. Well, so back back in my my young days when I was a little shop assistant at American Golf. Last um, week. Whoa. <laughs> No, I used yeah, to because you're an old man now, aren't you? Used to work part part time on the on the weekends and whatnot, and it was uh, when the women's British Open was at um, at Woburn, which is my home club, and I think it was the 2015 one or 2016 one, the first time it was there recently, and I was working at uh, American Golf, and it was like two days before the tournament started, and a woman comes into the shop, and I was like, I recognise her, had sunglasses on, cap. I was like, who is that? Like, I was trying to work it out for ages. And she's walking around the Name shop. She, she goes to like the Adidas section and buys like a cap and uh, like a belt or something, which was just a bit. And she was like really trying to just keep herself to herself. Like one of our, one of my colleagues was like, I can help you. She was just shutting down, whatever. So I was like, who is that? Like really like, but I couldn't see because she had the hat and cap. Then comes to the till and I'm on the till. Are we allowed to guess? She, Are we allowed to guess? Go on. I know you're really excited, but I'm excited. Uh, to be fair, it, the only Adidas player I can think of that's on the LPGA is Kang. Not Paula Creamer. That's what I thought. Of. Oh. That's the one. So Paula Creamer, yes. because so she comes to the till with the Adidas cap and like the belt or whatever it was, which was just weird. I was like, I was trying to, and the issue was she paid it like her American Express, and then you need a signature. So I was like, I'm, can you sign this for me, please? And it was just like the receipt. <laughs> So she signs it, and I look at the receipt, and I'm like, "That's Paula Creamer's signature," and off she goes. So I don't know what happened if, because this was like a few days before, if maybe all of her stuff hadn't arrived, and she needed like the the sponsor cap for like a, maybe she was doing some press before, I don't know what it was, and she probably maybe she just wanted some woven branded gear. No, but it was it was Adidas from American Golf. I don't know what was happening. Anyway, she came in, off she went. I kept the receipt actually. I've st- I think I've still got it because Brilliant. I was like, well, I was like, well, I'm keeping this. I've got Paula Creamer's signature. Oh, this is not going in the till. So I've got Paula Creamer's signature. In fact, I'll have to try to find it and actually <laughs> tell you what she So this story is just you, <laughs> A, not recognizing one of the most famous golfers of all time when she first walked into your shop and she was 10 feet away from you, and B, <laughs> you stole something from her. Not from her. I stole actually from the from Marin Golf. If we get technical, that receipt should have gone to. <laughs> Whatever they do with those receipts. Um, I got a perfectly good signature. I'm going to find that and I'll come back to you on what she actually bought. But I'm pretty anyway, sure it was a cap. So this is just a long way of telling us why you don't work for American Golf anymore. Because you kept stealing things. The biggest equipment story was when Imbi Park was like, she wasn't world number one anymore. But she went to a brand trying to get a replacement for a three wood and a five wood, I think, because they were cracked or something. And they wouldn't let her because I think they had a rule where, like, if you didn't carry their driver, you didn't get any of their other clubs. And it's like, she's literally, like, former world number one. Like, that just wouldn't happen on the men's tour. Like, I know that's, like, a mini circuit rule. Like, if you're, like, you're a pro or something like that, like, you've got to carry driver to get the other clubs. But that is madness. I'm annoyed I said Daniel Kang. Danielle Kang, sorry. Really it wasn't going to be her years ago, was it? Come on, think of the time. Well, it wasn't. They, we're not talking about that long ago. How old do you think he is? Wow. It was 2016, I, I believe. 
you telling me Danielle Kang wasn't around in 2016? I think she won a major in 2016, but still. Well, I think she'd have been buying merch then. It was Paula Creamer. I used to have the Paula Creamer Adidas shoes. They were the best. Little pink ribbons on the back. So yeah, this JP McManus, I'm just scanning through the field now. Absolutely mental field. And obviously Tiger's there as well. Did you see that was the cool, uh, wasn't it? getting off the helicopter in his hoodie and his glasses? That was pretty cool, wasn't it? What a look! And then did you see the, uh, the American boys? Uh, really did you see JT, Spieth, and uh, Fowler? I love how Fowler's just always there at the I minute. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> um, they were they were they were playing. Uh, they were just messing around at Lahinch or wherever they were, just having a little knock around. And Ricky Fowler still shows up to congratulate them on eighteen. <laughs> 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 What a boy. Um, Fowler, Fowler's in the, is in the open field next week. Well, that's what I was tr- trying to work out yesterday. I mean, he's definitely... He's playing no, outside, isn't he? It's not. So he's not. Just, but he's playing in the JP McManus. He's so playing he's the JP and he's playing in the Scottish, isn't he? And he's playing in the Scottish. Oh, so the Scottish, he can qualify for the open, can't so he? So he has got reason to yeah. be here, but it's still hilarious, especially after he was just there at the US Open, bless him. Just, <laughs> just there, loitering about... And uh, it'll be at St Andrews, won't he? We'll probably, we'll probably see. Him. I would like. I would really like to see him get back on top of his game. He's like he genuinely seems pretty likable. We, uh, yeah, he's he's mates with the players that everyone likes, and you know the two you've just mentioned and things like that. And you just think that it would be really nice to see him back, wouldn't it? But going to be really cool. going to be him and Smiley in the commentary booth. Yeah, Fowler with his microphone just chasing Jordan. Eventually, in. there'll be all four of them there. Imagine that's thirty years yeah. from now. I'm really looking forward to seeing Tiger at uh, the. We're obviously we're all going to be there next week. We're all going to be at St Andrews. Like genuinely, absolute. I know. Like, look, I know. As soon as you mention Tiger on social media, everyone just rolls their eyes. But the reality is, this guy is the man. I really tried to avoid saying moves the needle here. So I had to just say is the man. You love saying um, But I think that, yeah, I, I genuinely, just as a fanboy, just really looking forward to seeing him there next week. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I mean, even just like the fact that he's rolled in a helicopter and everyone's absolutely lost their mind, like, just says it. Who are you right, Who but... are you more looking forward to see out of um, Tiger Woods and Paul Casey? Wow. <laughs> well, no, he's broke my heart now, Paul Casey, so... He's done. So who are you? Done. Who are you following next week from an English perspective? Um, from an English perspective, probably my boy Fitz, as we're such good pals now. After I gave him a pep talk before he won the U.S. Open. Oh, we're so, never going to hear the end of that, are we? No. Obviously, Do I'm going to be watching Eric Van Ryan. <laughs> one of your friends. One of your friends got in through qualifying, didn't they? Marco Penge. He got Marco in. Yeah. Penge. It's so weird when I. That's my claim to fame. It is so strange. Like I, so uh, when I was a junior reporter on like the, I think it was called the West Sussex County Times when I was living down there, and I interviewed Marco Penge and he must have been, he just won a tournament and he must must have been seven or eight, and now he's like all grown up and qualified for the Open. It's quite strange. Makes me feel old, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, he seems like a good dude. At the end of last year, he had to out challenge to have knee surgery didn't know what was going to happen to his golf and now he's playing in the open so that's a pretty fun story 
really good story and I'm sure we'll be following him closely next week um all right well look we're gonna ha- I I do want to talk about the open but we're also going to be there next week so I think perhaps maybe we just save it all for next week's podcast and have a big fun open Monday podcast chat and we can all gush about our favorite things about the open and our favorite opens in history and generally just get all gooey about it um and yeah I genuinely really looking forward to actually just seeing you guys because we don't get to do that nearly enough spread around around the country as we are um yes I'm sick of talking to you on a computer screen and the sound dropping out every five minutes because my internet connection isn't good enough so it's getting a little bit sentimental here just really miss you guys you know is this your way you're saying you're going to live (laughs) (laughs) over and out (laughs) I'm buttering you up I'm buttering you up for the bad news but to be fair, to be fair, they're paying me similar to Bryson, so we're okay. Um, all right, guys, I really enjoyed that. That was really good fun. I love talking about Liv. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. Uh, all right, well, yeah, let, so let's let's uh, reconvene next week and we'll have a really good chat about the Open because, let's face it, it's everyone's favourite tournament and we can't get enough of it. So, yeah, I'm excited. All right. Cheers, guys. In a bit. Bye. Bye.